the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down eating your soul. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Now, your host, Eric Cartier, Senior Pastor of Rocky Mountain Calvary Church. Like a tide, it is rising up deep inside a current that moves and makes it come alive. Welcome to Crosswalk Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Really excited about today's program. Have a good friend with me, Tim Bolligott. He is our senior high youth pastor. Also been the youth pastor to two of our kids and just so thankful for his ministry and his friendship. We both love old Chevys. So Amen. It's great to have you here, Tim. Thanks for coming in. Yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. I just excited to talk about what's going on in youth and what God has for the future. Oh, that's awesome. So let's start at the beginning. You know, how did God get a hold of your life? How did you first come to know Christ? Well, I was 12 years old, and uh, a friend of mine was going to church and invited me to go to church. And I remember I responded to an altar call and went up and gave my life to the Lord, but then uh, didn't really have discipleship or anybody, uh, a mentor or anybody else to walk alongside me. So I uh, walked away from the Lord, or or at least walked away from the path that he had me on, and I went that w- direction for like 25 years. Okay. Yeah. So there was a lot of other things that happened during that time. I got married, had three kids, worked various jobs, but wasn't living a life as a Christian. Mm. But I always felt God was calling me back. Mm. He had uh, sent me to college, and I thought that was going to be a great chance for me to get away and to kind of do my own thing, but he surrounded me with uh, a bunch of Christian people. Hmm. In in the dorm around me, there was a ton of Christian girls and guys that uh, were were faithful to it, and then uh, I didn't do well in school, so I uh, left school, came back home, and then right away, the Lord put... uh, a boss over me that was a Christian, put a supervisor that was a Christian over me, and uh, he always spoke the word, spoke truth. It's crazy. I'm still friends with him to this day. Really? That's yeah, awesome. his name is uh, Dr. Mark Nicholson out of San Diego, so it's just really cool because we stayed friends, and I always thought his walk just looked a little strange compared to the rest of the world, and it was because he was a Christian. Hmm. It was because he was doing things the right way, and the rest of the world was doing them the wrong way. So I always questioned him on that, but he always spoke God's truth, uh, really just poured into me, and I left that job thinking, I'm going to get away from this guy, get away from the Lord, and the Lord put me with two other guys, one that worked alongside me that was a Christian, and then uh, a supervisor again that was a Christian, and when I left that job, I thought, okay, I'm going to get away from the Lord again, 
And then he put two supervisors over me that were <laughs> Christians and another supervisor or a manager that was a Christian over them. And I finally started to understand, like, like I wasn't getting away from the Lord, so I started going back to church, you know, and started trying to figure out what God had for me. And then during that time, my, uh, my uh, marriage just started to fail, started going the wrong direction. And uh, there was, I tried to save it numerous times. Uh, you know, during that time, had a friend that said, it's time for you to come back to church. And uh, so I came back to the church. And uh, me and my ex-wife just parted ways at that time. Hmm. She didn't want to have anything to do with God, hmm. at least uh, anything to do with the church. And that was where I really felt like God was calling me. Okay. And for me to think now or to think back that I would be a youth pastor or have anything, even any type of ministry, I would have called you crazy. Hmm. Like. God can do so many things that we can't even see. Hmm. And uh, it's just unbelievable. But then God just slowly kept pouring into me, kept giving me uh, uh, a heart and a burden for those around me. And it started off with me being in junior high. Hmm. And I was like, you know, Lord, why are you calling me in junior high? This was like 10, 12 years ago. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, you know, I was like, I, all my kids are grown now. I'm out of there. Like, I don't have to deal with kids no more, but, but God kept saying, no, this is where I want you. That's awesome. And, uh, he put me there. I got to serve with some good guys and girls that were there just loving on the kids. And I got to see what it meant to lead, uh, the youth in, in a godly way. Yeah. And they were great examples of how to walk alongside them when they were struggling and also how to just, uh. Uh, pour into them daily, weekly, and just uh, show them your show them God's love. Yeah, and I, you know, and you know, and then when I was getting ready to go become a missionary, you remember that time? Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, we were bummed. Yeah, and I thought I was going to be a missionary in Mexico. I'm going to go down there and serve the rest of my life. And I thought, you know, Lord, if this is what you're calling me to, I'm I'm, I'm grateful for it, and I'm glad that you, you're still you willing to use me. And then all of a sudden, uh, when you and Pastor Robert came to me and asked me if I would uh, interview for the junior high position, I was thinking, oh, yeah, that would be really fun to interview. And that would look cool on my resume. I could say I interviewed and not thinking I was going to get the job. And then you guys came back and offered me the position. And I was I was amazed on and, you know, overwhelmed by that you guys would even consider me to lead the youth here at RMC. Well, it's amazing what God's done. You know, that's eight years ago. You know, youth pastors don't last very long, and here you've already been youth pastor for, for eight years. And what a cool testimony of God's faithfulness in your life, but that he remained faithful in all those years to keep putting godly influence in your life and bringing you back to Christ. It's awesome. Yeah, I just think I'm a little hard-headed, so I think it— took a lot more uh, of those godly influences to keep me at least still considering what God wanted to, to do with my life. Yeah. Yeah. What do you love most about being a youth pastor? As you look back at these years, like what are some of the joys? Uh, when I was in junior high, I loved just the excitement 
I love that when the kids come in out of the room, just them being excited uh, to see what God was going to do and also to see the craziness that happens in the room. I think junior high is one that time of our life where uh, our parents kind of give us a little bit of freedom. And sometimes uh, that freedom can get crazy in junior high. And sometimes you can ask the kids to uh, just, you know, be just involved in something and it can go off the rails really quickly with junior hires. And I think that's a, that's the fun part about junior high is that you get to let them experience kind of the joy of the Lord, but yeah. then also uh, they grow from uh, seeing just uh, different experiences, just, uh, you know, sometimes it's out doing an event and something unexpected happens during the event and all of a sudden it just is like, wow, that was really cool the way God worked. And I think junior hires really surprised me on how much they know the Word of God, especially here, but then also how much they just love those around them. Yeah. And it's just as it's contagious sometimes. And you could see that from them and I would just be excited for them. Yeah. Yeah. So I had the joy of doing high school and junior high youth ministry as well. And I really loved junior high, you know, surprisingly at first I was like, I I don't know, God, I don't think you're calling me to junior high, but they're really wet pavement and they're open to God's impact in their life. Yeah, and I I really felt like they're just in a place where you can just speak into their lives and they take it seriously and they they try to live it out. They might not always be successful, but they try to live it out. <laughs> yeah, and I awesome. think that's pretty pretty awesome thing for a junior hire to just go for it and live out the passion that they see before them. That's great. Well, thanks for listening, being on this journey with me. I've got Tim Bollygott uh, with me. He's our high school pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. You want to stop, stay with us. We're going to talk more about what God's doing in the lives of youth, how we can reach out uh, to young people. It's such a crucial time in the hearts and lives of, of young people. Just to remind you, we're on Monday through Wednesday from 5 to 6 right here on 100.7 The Word. Also, this does turn into a podcast. Anywhere you listen to your podcast, just search crosswalk colorado springs so stay with us we're going to be right back crosswalk colorado springs on 100.7 the word welcome back to crosswalk colorado springs thanks so much for listening and being with us today tim bollygott's with me the high school pastor at rocky mountain calvary our church, and just so thankful for his faithfulness and ministry uh, to uh, the Lord. Uh, Tim, do you mind uh, sharing with us, you know, what are some of the things that God's doing, especially with high school kids here at Rocky Mount Calvary? Uh, I think, uh, you know, the Lord's moving in a great way uh, uh, amongst our youth. I think for over the last year and after uh, coming out of all the things that we've come through in the last couple of years, I think the kids were pretty isolated. Hmm. I think they were pretty shut down. They were um, pretty cliquish, I would say, or at least they had their walls up. And uh, it's taken me about a year to really knock down most of them walls. And as I've been knocking them down, I've been seeing these uh, students that just want to be part of a community, want to be part of something bigger that's in their uh, in their local in their local vicinity or in their communities. 
they want to be part of something that's just bigger. And uh, as them walls have come down, I've seen our youth group just get more loving and just want to hang around with each other. There's so, so many times uh, I could be here till 9, 9.30 at night, closing down the building, and I'll have 15, 20 kids just hanging out because they don't want to leave because they mm, just love awesome. being together. They love being part of a group. And I think uh, during this time it is a great opportunity to reach the youth because I think they're searching for something. Yeah, I agree. We made a pretty big change here for us, at least, is we've always had high school ministry for a long time every time the adults were meeting. So Wednesday night, Saturday night, and Sunday morning. Yep. And we made a change on the weekends to have the high school kids come in the sanctuary Saturday night and Sunday morning and offer them their own service on Sunday nights. Uh, how's that been going? Uh, well, I, I'm glad we did that, at least for the summer, because I think it's drawn them together in a closer group. Like we were probably seeing maybe 60 kids on the regular weekend, you know, a Saturday night service and a Sunday morning. We were seeing 60 maybe 65 kids and then when we went to the sunday night uh we started to see 70 75 80 kids uh we it just went up i think the students were looking for something that was different something that would they could uh really just call their own and just be part of that uh community and uh i just think that there were uh times where we could just sit down and talk to them because we made it a lengthier time. We went from going on a, maybe an hour and a half being here at a regular service to going three hours, serving a meal, kind of hanging out, playing games, making it more of a community type atmosphere where they, and they could also just sit down and talk to a leader. If they were struggling in some area, they could just spend time, um, you know, praying and longer worship and all of that contributed to them just being tighter. Hmm. them being more of a community together as high schoolers. That's awesome. So if you're a parent of a high school student or a high school student listening, feel free to, to come plug in. It's, you guys meet Wednesday nights at 6.30 here at RMC, and then also Sunday nights at 5.30? Uh, well, we moved it to 4 to 7. 4 to 7. Yeah, and uh, we are still considering what we're going to do for a school year because we know the school year is busy. We know that uh, service times, that service time might not work. So we're considering other things to do yeah. during those times to plug kids in. Well, let's dive a little bit deeper. You know, what kind of encouragement would you give to parents? You know, uh, whether their teen's doing well or their teen's struggling. You know, you, you raised three kids. You've been a youth pastor for a long time. Like, how would you instruct us? Uh, I really feel like uh, the, the, the youth need to be challenged a little bit, need to be challenged, not in a way that is uh, tearing them down, but in a way that is building them up. Uh, so many of them know the Word of God, and we underestimate their knowledge of it. And sometimes uh, we, we're afraid to have those, uh, just those conversations about God's Word and asking them, well, what do you think about this? You know, and how do you feel uh, maybe... Paul was discussing something or Peter was discussing something and just laying it out before them and asking them to uh, relay the word back to you and uh, give you uh, their input. Because I think uh, there's so many, so many times that I sit in small group 
or sit down with a student and we're we're reading a section of scripture and they bring something up that I never thought of. Hmm. And I'm like, you know, and I'm seeing it from their point of view, how the word of God is impacting their lives. And hmm. I think sometimes when we just challenge them with conversation, challenge them with, uh, you know, just to ask them what they're thinking. Hmm. I think, you know, I think they love giving their input to their friends and to other people. And I think sometimes just allowing them to uh, express that to us. I think that's huge. That's a great point. When I look at the life of Jesus, he's really good at asking questions, you know, and just to be observant of our kids' lives and to, to ask them questions, ask them what they're thinking, you know, what's on their mind, and not necessarily go right into lecture mode. You know, it's easy as a parent to go, go right into, okay, I asked a question. Now it's for the purpose of me kind of given my sermon and it's like, wait, I need to really hear what they're saying and hear their hearts. You know? Yeah. When I do youth ministry or when I'm thinking about youth ministry or thinking about even talking to an unbeliever, I use uh, the method called SALT, which is the S stands for start a conversation. Mm. Uh, a is for ant- ask questions. Uh, L is for listen. And then T is for tell the story mm. and allow uh, but while you're doing that and you're listening is just really reflecting on what they are telling you. Yeah. And uh, just each section of that, you know, starting the conversation is usually the hardest part for anybody. I, if you're, even if you're talking to an unbeliever or even high school students, starting the conversation is the hardest part. And then, you know, ask good questions, you know, you know, and they're, they're not afraid to talk about themselves. So, don't be afraid to ask questions and then listen yeah. to them. I think a lot of times there's this uh, misconception that teens don't want to talk because they, they give you that impression. You right. know, but you ask them wh- how their day went. <laughs> fine. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. What you do at school today? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. but I think they do it. And uh, I think they're wanting you to ask them a question. You know, they're wanting, they're wanting to give you that information, but, I think so often, I know my kids, they call me the one answer text guy because they'll send me a text and they'll have five or six sentences and I'll put, okay. <laughs> and they're like, dad, come on, give us more than okay. Yeah. And I think that's what we're asking our kids to do too. Yeah. Is to give us more than just fine. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of the things, Tim, I'm going to route you out a little bit, but, uh, you're you're a little older for a youth pastor, right? You, oh, yeah. You, late 50s, yep. doing youth ministry, started as a youth pastor after you were 50. But I love it because it really breaks this misnomer down that you've got to be 23 in order to impact teens, right? Yep. And so could you kind of encourage and, and speak into, you know, those lives where they go, well, I'm, I'm past the age of doing youth ministry. We we got a minute before the break, so we'll come back to this after the break as well. But uh, I think it's uh, something that I, I think it just it's scriptural, and it's really the Matthew twenty eight passage. Uh, just go and make disciples, and when we really think about that passage, that's what really pushed me into youth ministry. Yeah, that's awesome. We'll talk about that more when we come back from this break, but. Yeah, Jesus has uh, commanded us to go and make disciples and the older generation passing on to the younger uh, generation. So as you're listening, you you might go, man, I'm too old 
uh, for youth ministry, but you could be the exact person uh, that God is is calling in. Amen. I think the body of Christ as a whole, I know definitely at Rocky Mountain Calvary, we're really burdened for the youth. Know they're up against a lot of challenges and praying that God does a great work in the youth. So stick with us. We're going to talk more about this next generation with Tim Bolligat, high school pastor at Rocky Mountain Calvary. You're listening to 100.7 The Word. Stay with us. This is Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7 The Word. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening. We're talking about youth ministry. I've got the youth pastor from Rocky Mountain Calvary here with me, Tim uh, Bolligott. Before the break, we were discussing how you can impact youth at, at any age. There's this misnomer that you've got to be 23 years old to be able to do youth ministry, be a youth leader. And that's definitely true. Uh, God does use uh, young people. But your story is so cool, Tim, because you came into youth ministry in your in your 50s and still rocking it. And so what encouragement would you maybe give to that person that is an empty nester and they do have a heart for youth, but feeling like, I'm not relatable? Uh, I, I'm going to say that I'm going to try to say this in a way that's not overly convicting. Uh, but I want people to be convicted by the Holy Spirit. I, I want them to really look at their lives and reflect because I think that's where God brought me to a place of reflection and seeing where I was at. Cause I was single. I didn't have any kids at home. I was coming to church. I was doing the things I was supposed to be doing. And God just put on my heart to step into junior high ministry. Uh, and when you look at Matthew 28, where it says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Um, you know, you can come to church. And you can uh, pay, give your tithe and read the Bible and pray for other people. And you could live that, do those things and think, yeah, I'm doing what God has for me. But then when you look at Matthew 28, you kind of look around you and say, where are my disciples? And that's kind of where I was at. And I think uh, life isn't over because mm-hmm. you're a little bit older. Right. I think God wants to use you. Yeah. I mean, there's so many of our youth that need someone to disciple them, someone to sit down with them and uh, go over the word. Uh, So many times they just need someone to come alongside them and sometimes help uh, lift them up because they come from places that are very difficult. And, uh, you know, there are so many opportunities, even in our body, uh, some of the Older people, they see me and they're like, oh, Tim, I don't know how you do it. And there's times where I get home and I'm like, I don't know how I did it. Right. But I know that God's in the mix. I know that God's the one that's holding it all together. I know that God's the the reason I'm doing what I'm doing. And there's so many times that I don't look to see the mountain ahead of me. I just keep going. That's a good word. We can get so far ahead of ourselves that we get overwhelmed instead of just seeing the the next step. I think part of this lie that the enemy tells us is uh, that the kids won't be interested, but kids are really just looking for somebody to love them. And what I've really noticed about this younger generation is a lot of them don't have somebody older in their life, you know? And so 
they're really craving, you know, someone that's the age of their parents or even their grandparents that will invest in them. I know our young adults really feel that way, that they're, they're longing for uh, mentors. And one mm-hmm. of the things that I've really appreciated as a dad with our youth ministry is it's really geared around mentorship, you know, yeah. and there's, there's a lot of people here that volunteer their time as a youth leader to be at the youth service, but then also to mentor a high school student or a junior high student. And, and as a parent, you know, you're teaching your kids those things, but for them to hear it from somebody else as well, another voice that they really respect is, is so, so powerful. And discipleship really happens in those one-on-one type of settings, life on life, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't always have to be a set limited amount of time either. It doesn't have to be an hour or two hours, it can happen 15, 20 minutes at a time yeah. where you're sitting down with somebody and you're talking over uh, coffee. I'm telling you, high schoolers love coffee. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll sit down and talk to you for 15, 20 minutes without a problem. And uh, sometimes it happens 15 minutes at a time. Mentorship and discipleship, uh, it, if it's something that's consistent and something that they know they can rely on and you're there for them, they will open up like a book. They will tell you everything and they'll uh, let you know everything that's going on in their lives. And it's just a, a way for the older generation to really love on them. And I ask people all the time, I ask them for two things, um, just to be committed to the time that yeah. they put in with the kids and allow themselves to be open about what God is doing. And, uh, and you would not believe the the relationships that my leadership team has uh, or the ministry team has with the youth because uh they are committed first of all and they're open to whatever uh is going on yeah that's awesome and it may not be through a youth ministry it could be god may be leading you to serve in your youth ministry at your church but it may be with your kids, your grandkids, it may be through coaching, but really paying attention to who are the young people that God's put in my life. You know, my pastor that I had growing up, he said his life was really changed by his Sunday school teacher dropping by his house and playing catch with him with the football. And it was like 30 minutes. You know, it wasn't like every week. It was like one time he stopped by and played catch with them. And that really opened up his heart to hear what God's word had to say. And there's an old saying, it's like, they don't care what you know until they know that you care, you right. know? And so it's, it's take, if you got grandkids, like take them fishing, you know, like take them out for a burger, you know, invest in your, your kids. Uh, coaching is a great way to, to invest. I know you've done a lot of coaching in addition to uh, youth ministry and that's a big time commitment. You know, what have you got, seen God do on that coaching side of things? Oh, uh, well, I coach wrestling for a long time and, I coach soccer. I coach my kids through that. But uh, wrestling has been a huge part of my uh, experience here in, in, Colorado, in Colorado Springs. But me coaching wrestling has really uh, brought some of the youth that, that didn't know I was a pastor at the time and brought them to the church, which was uh, their parents really respected what the way I treated their kids, the way I spoke into their kids' lives, the way I uh, just displayed sportsmanship and the way I love their kids through the activity of sports. And, uh, 
dur- during that time when I was doing all of that, uh, God, I saw God just moving in the, in the hearts and minds of families where he just wanted to bring them to a place where of worship, bring them to a place where they saw, uh, the, his love, God's love for them. And some of the kids, you know, have attended here at RMC and some of the kids have gone on and gone, gone away to college, but like, it's just created great relationships with me and the kids and their parents and I see them out and about and sometimes some people know me as coach some people know me as pastor and and it's just an awesome feeling to know that uh that me at my age could speak into the lives of youth mm-hmm. even if it's not here at church yeah. or if it's not just strictly teaching the word of god it's loving them in a christ way yeah that's awesome i had some christian coaches growing up that had a huge impact on me, you know, two in particular. But my eighth grade basketball coach, he would run all the drills with us, which is really unique for a coach, right? They're always yeah. telling you to run, and he would just run it with us and pushed us hard but cared about us. And then we were on one uh, trip in Klamath Falls. It was like an overnight trip and up late, and he and we were talking baseball and basketball cards, and he's just like, so what— who's God to you, you know, and what's God doing in your life and shared the Lord with us. And he really had my respect. And then when he started talking about the Lord, I was like, Oh, you know, this is pretty cool. And I wasn't walking with the Lord at the time, but he was, he was a big impact for sure. Yeah. One of the cool things that I got to see is uh, a couple of the rest, uh, wrestlers on the wrestling team were Christians and they knew I was a pastor and they uh, just decided on their own, they were going to pray. Hmm. And uh, there's a few of them I would pray with individually because their parents asked me to and the kid asked me to before they went out. But um, but to see a group of students wanting to pray was yep. really awesome. That's awesome. Talking about reaching the next generation with Tim Bollygott from Rocky Mountain Calvary. Stay with us. We got one more segment and we'll continue to look at this topic. We'll be right back. Just don't get it right. Talk a talk that I don't walk and miss the moments right before my eyes. Crosswalk, Colorado Springs on 100.7. The word. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Welcome back to Crosswalk, Colorado Springs. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for listening. We're talking with Tim Bollygott, our high school youth pastor, and God's heart to impact this next uh, generation. You know, Tim, what do you see God doing in the city? How are some ways that you guys are are, are reaching out to unbelievers uh, here in Colorado Springs? Well, we, uh, this summer, at the beginning of summer, me and the junior high pastor, Tyler, we, uh, you know, we kind of looked at our ministries and said, you know, that we were doing a good job through student leadership, through uh, training our kids up within the building, but we really weren't being the hands and feet. We weren't really going out to our community, and we really wanted uh, the next generation to carry the gospel forward into their schools. And I, I think everybody here uh, in the community, at least in Coral Springs, knows that we've been facing suicide and all the different things that are going on in our schools that we're facing day to day. Uh, 
and we wanted to be in the schools. I mean, we've tried to get in the schools. We've tried to do different things alongside the schools, and sometimes they shut us down. You know, sometimes they're very uh, uh, resistant. So um, this summer we spent some time talking to some other ministries, and we talked to a ministry that has been in the schools for over 20 years, and that ministry was called Decision Point. And that ministry is focused on uh, doing Christian clubs within the schools because uh, the kids can start a Christian club or a Bible study within the school. And uh, as long as it's inclusive, they can do it. And uh, that is a way for us to get into the school. So um, we're taking that step with our students to start three brand new Christian clubs at schools and uh, include uh you know, scriptural teaching on identity, uh, all the different things, God's plan and everything like that. And the school is pretty much allowing them to start the club. The students are allowed to run it. And once in a while, they'll be able to have an outreach and invite outside people in. And it's all going to be within their their rights, I guess you could say. Or uh, it's going to be done legally. Through the school system, you know, administration's not going to be able to really uh, resist it because uh, Decision Point has been doing this for like over 20 years. They kind of know all the ins and outs. They're going to come alongside us and aid us through it all. And we're really looking forward to being in the school because, I mean, all the things that are out there right now, no matter what you talk about, that the left or whatever is against, uh, all of that stuff is is missing the gospel message. That's right, yeah. You know, it's a it's a deflection from the gospel message and from the Bible. And um we need to have the word of God back in school. And the students can take it there. And we're gonna equip our students, we're gonna coach them, we're gonna give them all the uh supplies and whatever else they need. And we're going to be there to stand alongside them. And what's really cool about Decision Point is that Decision Point already has examined all the legalese of yeah. school districts, of everything. They know the what rights the students have. So they're, going, they're walking alongside the students with a legal arm. So it's really equipping the students to be able to do Bible study on campus, reach out with the gospel on campus. And I think a lot of times as Americans as a whole, but especially high school students, we don't realize our rights. Yeah. You know, like it just happened with a coach out in Washington State where he was praying on the football field after the game and he Mm -hmm. ended up getting fired. But that went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court ruled that he had the freedom to do that. He wasn't requiring athletes to come on the field and pray with him. But that means coaches all over the country have the freedom after the game to go and go and pray. But students do have that freedom to reach out with the love of Jesus Christ and have Bible study on campus. Yeah. And you know, in most schools invite kids to start clubs that they're interested in. And uh, so we're going to come alongside the kids, help them start these clubs, help them be equipped and, and also uh, not to, have to fight the resistance on their own, but come alongside them and do this. And I'm super excited about it because now 
our discipleship that we're doing within the building, within, uh, you know, mentoring these kids, building them up. Now we can take that, that next step forward and go outside of our walls Mm. and, and take God back into the public schools and back into the, uh, you know, the places where the kids can, uh, hear the gospel. Yeah. That's awesome. I think kids are really searching and they're in darkness and there's so much confusion and there's power in the gospel that God created them, that Jesus died for them and rose again and he loves them, has a plan and purpose for their life. So you guys are kicking that off tonight? Uh, yeah, we're kicking that off tonight. We're having our uh, decision point night where we're going to invite some other students that maybe didn't go to the conference to uh, that if they want to be included and have a, a Christian club or a Bible study started at their school, we're going to uh, sign them up. We're going to get them started in that direction. And we have three coaches that are part of my youth uh, ministry team that are going to coach the kids, going to help them take the first few steps of starting their club out, uh, figuring out who they need to talk to, if they need a teacher, advisor, or whatever. We kind of have the process uh, from decision point on how we take each little step. So it's super, um, it's written out, it's outlined, it's diagrammed, it has everything. We're just taking the steps along the way and... uh, and it's part of a campus crusade of Christ. It's a crew. Hmm. It's a crew organization. So we're willing to work alongside them and just take the gospel forward. We need to bring the gospel back into our schools. That's awesome. I'm excited to hear what God's going to do about that uh, for sure. How would you encourage parents to encourage their youth pastor? You know, their their kids plugged in at a youth ministry. You know, what What are some things that parents can do to support their local youth pastor? You know, if even if you don't want to serve and you're a parent and you say, I don't have time to serve, uh, if you come alongside the youth uh, pastor and help him maybe get supplies for a youth event, come alongside him and help him do cleanup or serving food or whatever, you allow him that much more time to minister mm. and his team to minister to the kids. Yeah. I think parents, um, it doesn't mean that the parents have to be in the room. Right. But if they just come alongside him and support him and love him and show him that they're there for him, uh, he has that many more, that much more time to do youth ministry. Because there's many times where uh, youth ministry is happening and all of a sudden we have to break away because we have to do cleanup. Right. Or because we have to do a bunch of, uh, serve a bunch of food and we're, we're, we can't sit down with the students and mentor them and disciple them and love them and just do ministry. That's a lot of work. Yeah. yeah. Well, Tim, do you mind just praying real quickly over the youth of our city real quick? Sure. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, thank you for this time that, uh, that we get to talk and we get to share uh, just our hearts over the youth ministry, Lord. I know Eric's leadership and uh, the leadership team here at RMC has had a heart for the youth, Lord that they would continue just to see the next generation uh, welcomed into the kingdom, and that through it all, Lord, that we just ask your blessing as we go forward. We take this next step to bring uh, the gospel back into the schools, Lord, that we ask for your blessing. We ask for your, uh, uh, you know, your, you to provide 
those students that have open hearts and uh, to uh, take that next step, Lord, that you would encourage them, that we would just be allowed to come alongside them and give them uh, everything that they need to do this, Lord. I thank you for Eric, and just thank you for uh, what you're doing here at RMC, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you guys. Thanks for listening. Have a great night. Treasures that fade are never enough. And you came along. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.